Alright, Acts chapter 20, where we learn not to fall asleep during sermons, so I hope nobody falls asleep this morning. So we're going to look at verse number 35, where uh, we read, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So that phrase right there, more blessed to give than to receive, it's a popular uh, popular phrase and saying that, that people know, especially since we just got out of the holiday season. The holiday season actually, like around the world here, it ended on the 25th Christmas Day, but around the world people celebrate um, the Three Kings Day or the, the Feast of Epiphany, which ended on January 6th, which is 12 days after Christmas. So I, I took this time or this year with everything that happened to, to celebrate that, because growing up, uh, we didn't celebrate Christmas in Mexico. I grew up uh, on January 6th is when we receive our gifts. You put your your, uh, your shoes out on the door, and uh, your parents would bring gifts to gifts, money, candy, a lot of that stuff. So I took time to to celebrate that with my family this year, and I uh, caught them by surprise. Which that's what this thing is more blessed to give than to receive, because you know your kids get surprised. You you give them gifts just out of nowhere, out of out of just out of just the, the blessing in your heart, and they you are more blessing them be excited then they're excited right whenever you give somebody a gift you you want to see them open it it's it's not as fun when you give a gift and you don't see how they open it especially since you know they like it so this this verse being you know more blessed to give than to receive it's fitting for that now the the feast of the three kings on january 6th it, it's a celebration of of when the magi came and brought brought the gift to jesus christ the baby jesus that uh, it's three but we don't know if it's three they just assume it's three because of the three gifts gold frankincense, and myrrh and as I was writing now, I remembered a, a funny thing with my, my little brother. We make fun of him still to this day. When he was little, he was he was in a play, and he was one of the magi. And uh, in Spanish, myrrh is mirra, but he couldn't say it. He said la migra. So he's saying that la migra came to Jesus. He was checking his papers to make sure he was, he was legit. So we make fun of him to this day because of that. So he, he was the king that brought la migra to Jesus. Now, gift giving, it is a blessing to, to give to give gifts, right? Now, I didn't say holiday season because it's the Christmas season. We know that giving gifts is because Jesus received gifts. So if any other celebration is, is giving gifts, is because they're influenced by Christianity, by Jesus Christ receiving gifts. Now, we know that he was the greatest gift. So he received gifts, but he himself was the greatest gift because he came to earth. He was a sinless man. He came and he died for us and giving us even that greater gift of eternal life. So Jesus Christ was the gift. The God was pleased by giving us that gift. So God committed his love towards us. In the moment we were yet sinners, he cried, he died for us. And it says, greater love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. So we know that that's the greatest gift of all. And just like we are blessed when we give somebody a gift, God rejoiced when he gave us that gift because God, God wants us to be in heaven. But this morning, I'm not going to talk about gifts. A gift is a good illustration of, of what I want to talk about this morning. But uh, the title of my sermon is, is Being Ministered in Ministry. So when we minister, it's like we're giving a gift. And we are ministered by doing that. So it is a blessing to go and serve others, to, to help someone in need, to, to talk to somebody. And that's what I want to talk, I want to talk about, the ministry. Because here in Acts chapter 20, we see, we see uh, Paul going through different places. You know, he wasn't staying home and staying safe. He was out ministering, doing God's work, right? So we, we should do that. Like, I, want to, I want to talk about that this morning. There's a joy. There's a joy in, in, in serving people and helping people out. And it, it's, it's a help to others, but it's more of a blessing to you as, a, as the giver. So soul winning is a great way to, to minister, and the points in the sermon this morning are, are a really good parallel between serving in, in the church, serving in the ministry, and going out and, and a soul winning. So Acts 20.20 20, uh, was, was the theme verse for, for last year, right? It says, and I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, 
but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. So there was a great enthusiasm, excitement for 2020. We're going to do great things. We're going to have a lot of events. We're going to go mission trips. And a lot of that, all that stuff fell through, right? We still did soul winning, which we should still be encouraged and, and be happy. We, we did see a lot of people saved. It, it, was, a, it was a good amount compared to, to last year. It wasn't really that big of a dip. But X, verse 21 actually goes along with, with verse 20. So X 2020 is still not over. Verse 21 reads, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So we shouldn't be discouraged that we kind of maybe missed out on X 2020 doing great things for God because 21 is also part of that. So X 2021 can also be just a follow-up. Maybe that was just a build-up to see who was going to stay faithful, and we're going to see even greater things in 2021. Now, there in, in verse number 35, talking about, if you read the verses before that, it says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that laboring ye ought to support the weak. So being in the ministry, a lot of people just assume it as being the pastor, you know, the pastor, the leader, the pastor, the minister, and they see it as a paid position, like you should be paid to do ministry. And I'm sure soul winners here have gotten that where you're out soul winning and you meet somebody who's nice and, and, and they're receptive, they get saved, and they say, oh, are you the pastor? Like they assume because you're out doing it, you're the pastor. People think only the pastor is the one that goes out and does things. But the, the truth is ministry, the work of ministry, is everyone in the church. I know everybody may not be able to do the same things, but we, we can do it. And we see that in, um, turn over to First Thessalonians chapter number 2. As you, as you turn there, let me read for you Second Corinthians 11, in that same, that same thought. It says, Have I committed an offense in abasing myself, that you might be exalted, because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? I robbed other churches, taking wages of them, to do you service, and when I was present with you, and I was now was chargeable to no man, for that which was lacking me, brethren, which I came from Macedonia, supplied, and in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. So a person doesn't have to be paid to be able to do God's God's work, God's ministry. So we shouldn't have that be a stumbling block. We should be able to know, you know what? I can serve out of just out of the freeness of my heart just because I want to be blessed. I want to bless somebody and I want to be blessed in return. In Second Thessalonians chapter number uh, two, or First Thessalonians, sorry, and there in verse eight it says, "So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. So we can be a blessing unto them. We impart our souls when we choose to come to church, when we choose to help someone in need, when we we minister to others in the church or even outside the church, even our, even our family or people in the neighborhood." And there in verse number 9, it says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and our travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. So we know that uh, Paul to Paul was a tent maker. So he, he, he kind of kept working. He was bivocational. He was working, and he was also in the ministry. So it isn't, doesn't have to be a paid position. You can't say, you know, I'm not, the church not paying me, so I'm not going to go volunteer and, and do, do more things here in the church. We just want to do it just because this is our church. We care about it. The, cleaning, making sure stuff is, is picked up. That's everybody's responsibility. It shouldn't just be, all oh, that guy, he's getting paid. He should, he should be able to do it. And uh, this thing about serving, you know, the community, that's a, that's a buzzword that you hear a lot in the contemporary churches, you know, trendy, you know, community. We've got the community church, always taking, taking the Baptist out of the name. It's, it's a community church. So community, it, it's, it's not bad. Actually, community is good, which is what we do. We get together, we assemble, we are a community. So community shouldn't be a bad word, even though people misuse it or overuse it, and everything's about community. And one thing, too, is um, 
outsole him one time because as an example of what people think about when you want to you want to invite them to church or you talk about i go to church a lady that i was sewing into an, an apartment complex she uh she was asking about the church you know what does your church do because right away well, what uh what programs do you have you know do you have children's programs and and i was talking talk to her she was she was a little belligerent and um she was talking about the homeless what are you guys doing for homeless what do you do for homeless and um i started bringing up like there's there's actually homeless shelters that people have they go if they, if they need help and we can't help people but she's like why would you do that and like I bring them to my house and she was all proud like I bring homeless people to my house I feed them and people get really really puffed up like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna do this but doing doing things for the homeless is good and um if you if you can but a lot of them are in that situation for a reason so it is it's you it shouldn't just be a handout like community helping people out it shouldn't just be I'm gonna go give somebody a handout if you can help people out as long as they they want to help themselves too, because you can't just just go out and put it to waste. In the Seventh Day Adventist, I kind of just searched community on YouTube and kind of let it go on autoplay, and it ended up going over and over loop on our Seventh Day Adventist videos. They have a lot of videos and what they do, how they help each other in community, and all that is fine and dandy. But we know the important thing too is doctrine, because if you don't have doctrine, if you don't have the gospel, like we we saw, the the, the gift is the gospel, the gift is salvation. Because if you don't have that, all that service is for naught. There's an illustration of a a blind man heading over a cliff, like if you just have, give somebody handouts, help them out, never show them that he's going to go off a cliff, he's just going to die. You can help him out, give him as many free things, and make his, you're going to make his ride down to that cliff more as comfortable as you want to. If you never tell him, hey, you're going off a cliff, then it, it's, it's all for naught. It doesn't matter. So the place of ministry is focused on the church, right? We come to church. That's where people, when people think of giving, of helping people out, they think of the church. I know now with, with how big the government got, you know, just overreach and everything the government seems to take it took a lot of what the church once did and food stamps and you have uh, medical aid a lot of the, a lot of that stuff the church was what it used to do in the past so the first point is to come to church because the the thing about being in the ministry if you want to help people out it's it's better when you're around others that have that same desire that same goal and that that same um, mentality so you come to church so thank you everybody for coming today because you're an encouragement to everybody else I'm sure you're an encouragement to pastor. You know, he's out of town. I'm sure he's thinking, you know what? He, he wants the church to keep on going while he's not here. And just us being here together, gathered, is, a, is an encouragement to him. Also, the people that don't have that privilege to, to be in church in person. Maybe their church are still closed because of the COVID restrictions. Or they're, uh, like we have friends that are from out of, out of the states and they don't have a church to go to. So when they hear that we're here together, that's an encouragement for them. So what you do just come coming to church is, is pretty big. It may seem like nothing. But even that by itself is a, is a big thing. So we know how hard it is to, to find a good church. And even in 2020, it should, it, we all learned that church fellowship is real important, right? Because if you missed out of church for, for either a, a couple of weeks or anything and you weren't here, or even you know friends that are still not going to church, you see how that's impacted them in a negative way, right? You, you're not around your friends. Maybe if you're not around good, good influences, you may have backslidden and, and done uh done some things you wouldn't have done if you would have been in church around godly people. So church is important. You know, Hebrews 10, 28, right? We, we heard that a lot in 2020. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. So much the more as we see the day approaching. So much the more we see things getting worse and worse. We're optimistic. We're positive for, for better things to come. But we know that it's, it's, it seems like it keeps getting worse and worse. So just like soul winning. You know, you have to be part of a local church. It's, you're more efficient, you're more effective if you're part of a church to be sent out, to go out door to door with other brethren that you can fellowship with. So in the same way, if you want a, opportunities to serve, opportunities to minister, you have to come to church uh, for that. 
Now, one thing, too, is to, to be joyful, to rejoice. So before you come to church, you come with the mindset, you know what, I want to be happy, I want to be joyful, I want to have that mind, I want to learn something, I want to, I want to look for an opportunity to help somebody. And this doesn't mean you have to be a hypocrite. Like if you got an argument with your wife, you know, your kids made you, made you mad this morning, you don't have to come in all mad and just you got to unload all your problems in the first person you see and everybody you talk to. So you could, you're not a hypocrite if you actually, you know what, I want to, I want to be a, a good example. I want to come in, I want to have a good attitude. You forget whatever happened in the morning. On the right over, I know sometimes it can get hectic, but if you come in and you want to be a blessing, you're not being a hypocrite. Now you don't have to you don't have to bring that in the church, but it's just keep that in mind. You know, I wanna I wanna be a, a blessing to everybody else. So looking, the next thing is looking for an opportunity to serve. So just like a, a position in the church, like being independent, we we don't have like a hierarchy, we don't have a um, superintendent or people regional this regional that because a lot of that. It creates some kind of hierarchy ranking seekers. You see those people that want to go, like in the out in the in the corporate world, they want to climb the corporate ladder. A lot of times you may get that in in the church where it's a denomination. You have this, that, or the other, and then you even um, you may even get like the the lazy management. You all probably have that those managers, supervisors sometimes where you know the only reason they're there is because they just don't want to do nothing. All they want to do is boss people around, and uh, we don't need that in the church. Right. It's, we want people that want to serve. And the part of that being like like Paul said, like being like a, a non-paid position, you want to serve out of your own heart. That's that's an even more effective thing that, that can happen. And that being independent is something that that we're blessed to have. We're, we don't have any of that men that are seeking after filthy lucre because all they want is just power. They just want authority. They just want that. That's that's uh, that's wrong. That, that has nothing to, to do with what we want to do. So serving like ministry, like what I'm what I'm mainly focusing on it doesn't have to be like even preaching a lot of things oh I'm, I'm not i can't preach i can't i can't go disciple somebody i don't i don't have the knowledge ministry or just how it can be just like having a conversation with somebody spending time with people we know a lot of like the elderly folk that weren't able to go out of the house for a long time all they want to do is just talk to somebody like it doesn't cost it doesn't cost anything to if you see them come to church you go and talk to them or maybe give them a phone call if you have their their uh, their phone or even um, just with your other brethren, like we have here, we have game night. We get together as men, just kind of have fun and uh, just spend time together. Ladies get together. And, and uh, we're, we have stuff planned that we'd like to do in the summer. You know, like we, uh, for our Labor Day, we have the Nerf, Nerf Wars. A lot of that stuff, you know, get, getting together. It may be inconvenient for some people to get together with people outside of church, but it's, it's beneficial. Like it's, it's a blessing to them, blessing to the kids. The kids love it. The kids have fun. And if you have a, if you have a skill that, that you're good at, it's when you go around and you talk to people, you know who to talk to like if you need help with something, right? And if you have a heart to want to help people, if you have that time, you can use that to help somebody out. Like just an, an exaggeration, like all of a sudden I come home and you know, there's, like a, there's a dead goat in my basement. Like, I don't know what happened. There's some dead goat. I'm going to call Brother Renee. I call Brother I need you guys to home help me. And uh, we, need a, we need a process this meat and get some bibia. <laughs> So if, if I didn't know that they could do that, I wouldn't know how to call them. Like, I don't know what happened. And there's some dead animal over here. Let's, let's eat it. I'll turn over to Acts chapter 18. In Acts chapter 18, we see uh, on the subject of ministry, you know, discipleship, because it, it may be intimidating. Oh, I don't, I don't know how to, how to minister to somebody else's discipleship. You, you don't have to do that. Even though we see that Paul didn't do that, in Acts chapter number 18, verse, verse number 1, it says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome, and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them, and wrought, for by the occupation they were tent makers. 
and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. So the, it doesn't say here that they were with him, but if you look down in verse 26, talking about Apollos, and, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard them, they took him to them. So being a, being a disciple or discipling someone, helping someone out in the ministry, it could also be just taking them with you going soul winning, right? Because we know soul winning is a, is a good way to talk to others. And I believe that's what happened here. They went with Paul as he was going to the synagogues preaching. And as they were with him ministering, they learned from what he was doing. So when you, if you can take someone out soul winning, that that's a good way to, that they can learn to talk to people. They, they'll learn from your presentation. Maybe they're, they're not clear on how to give their gospel to their family. Because that's a big thing. Like when I started going soul winning, that was a blessing that I was able to, to share the gospel more, more effectively, more, uh, more boldly with my family. As before, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was easier to kind of get sidetracked and maybe get, uh, get bogged down with stuff. But as you do it repeatedly or repetitively with strangers, it'll make you more comfortable with your family or with your friends or with your coworkers. So that's a, that's a good way for, um, for ministry. Now, community, right? We know community is important, and uh, especially community guidelines. You know, when people violate those community guidelines, right? It's, it's, a, it's a very big thing. So we have this thing with censorship. People are violating all these fake, fake guidelines that they want to just censor people. We know with, um, with the Facebook, Twitter are immune to any kind of repercussions for what people do because, because of the First Amendment. There's a section, uh, Section 230, that they say, and they want to take advantage of it and say, you know what, we're going to control what, what people do. And that's all that is, is just, like we said, control. People just want power. And that's, that's they, they brand themselves as community. Oh, come in, come in here, be community, get gathered. But we're going to control what you see. We're going to control you. And that's, that's wrong. Now, they're, they're trying to divide people. Like, they're causing a lot of more division just by, just by doing all that. So we just pray that with all that division that they're causing out in the world, maybe people will divide all the way into the church, right? That's our, our main goal. They'll see how div- divisive social media is, how divisive the world is. Well, if we, we were ready to receive, you know, we have the community. They pretend to have community. So, oh, come here, come to Facebook and build a community, meet people that are like-minded. Well, we know we have the best community because we, we are focused on the gospel, focused on what really matters. And if we can flourish in that, we'll take advantage of that. So we know that in industrialism, the, the industrial revolution, kind of led to how Corporate fascism, talked about like the lazy manager and all that stuff. That 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 came from the way the businesses and industries kind of get up that middle management, kind of like a hierarchy. And these uh, big tech companies, they want to just they want to have control. They say, "Oh, come, we're going to keep you safe by controlling what you what you see, by controlling what you what you can hear." And that's uh, that's wrong. I'm also shocked. You know, you, you think of millionaires and billionaires, how they they um, they built their companies on freedom, capitalist environment, and then they want to turn around, and you know what, I want to be a socialist, I want to control you, I want to control everything, that's, that's wicked. If you're for freedom, if you're from people being themselves, then, then you are for freedom. But what really happened is, is morality was lost. The morality, people are being immoral, they, they don't care about anything, and that leads to people being, being subjugated to that system because they, they feel like, oh, I need to be part of the system, I need to be part of this, and uh, they, they want to be free. They want freedom, but it's just freedom to just do wicked things, and they don't that's that's wrong. So the God, we need godly, moral church community, right? Communism. Communism is, they, they say, oh, it's a community. We all need to be a community, help each other out. But that's that's not what they want. What they want is power and control, and it's more of a dictatorship, imperialism. But we want, we have community where 
that morality is part of it. When you where you're coming to church and you're being around people and you want to be a good, like I said, be a good example, you're, you're gonna want to be good, and that's that's part of why this country flourished was was not just the Christian influence, but because the Christians were being moral, the Christians were being were being righteous because God blesses a righteous nation. That's what we were blessed. So you take that away and try to do it without that, and that's not gonna work. We see it obviously every, every day. We see the failure of it. The one thing too was uh, manliness, holiness, like people, men being men, leading. Doing work, we see men are being effeminized and children are being uh, confused with uh, the gender confusion. Hard work, all that, all that stuff is what this country was built on, and all that stuff is what influenced all those people making those millions of dollars. But now they want to turn around and go against it. And as long as we can have the church where we can teach the truth or expose the people, we can uh, we can help them out. Turn over to Second uh, Thessalonians chapter number three. So I ended up um, finding uh, about this guy named Yuval Noah Harari. I don't know if you've heard of him. But uh, in 2018, Bill Gates recommended one of his books. It's called The Fourth Industrial Revolution of Artificial Intelligence. And um, the thing that kind of struck me, what he was saying, talking about how he, in the future he sees that we're going to grow with artificial intelligence, that we're going to be so uh, transhumanism, we're going to be morphed together with, with technology, and it's, and the thing that he said that I couldn't believe that how he said it because when we in Second Thessalonians chapter number number two, uh, let's start in verse number seven it says, "For ye yourself know that ye ought to follow us, for we behave ourselves dis- not disorderly among you. Neither did we eat every man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable unto any of you, not because we have the power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you." that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that these are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. So we know that if somebody can't work, they shouldn't eat, right? We can't be uh, be enforcing laziness or just keeping people that are that are good for nothing. And uh, we, get, we catch flack for that. All you guys are mean, you can't just... Tell people they're just going to die because they can't eat. Well, this guy, this Yuval Noah Harari, with his, his in his book and his idea about the the artificial intelligence building building the society so so complex, it's just going to it's going to create a useless class. It's going to be the rise of the useless. Class. The technology is going to get so big to where we're going to be so dependent on artificial intelligence that there's going to be people that's going to be useless. So so we're bad for saying that people should work to, to be able to get be able to eat. Now, he's saying that people are just going to be useless. There's going to be nothing for you to do. If you, if you don't go along with artificial intelligence, you don't keep up with being able to do that, you're going to be useless. And he said, what are we going to do? And we're going to have to deal with all these people. And uh, they asked him, you know, so what's, what's the solution? I don't know, maybe, maybe drug them and keep them playing video games all day. That was one of his solutions. It's crazy the way, the way people think. Now, he's, um, um, he, believes, he doesn't believe in God. He believes in just whatever you can see and uh, believes in evolution. And he thinks that people are just, people are just animals. Now, we know that working is good. Working is good for, for, we were created to work. So that's technology and advancement is good to help us to be able to, like I said, maybe do better things. But a lot of times it just, all that means is there's more time for people to do bad. People have more time to do wicked things because of everything that they can't do or, or they're not going to do anymore. Now, this guy, he had, a, he had a talk. I didn't listen to all of it, but he had a talk with uh, Zuckerberg about social media and the impact. And the thing that caught my attention, too, was um, they were arguing about social media. 
how uh, Zuckerberg was saying that when he grew up, he, he liked to build computers, but in the community that he grew up in, it was all about little, little league softball, and he didn't like that, and he didn't have anybody to, to, to talk to. And it wasn't until he got to college that he was able to communicate and talk to friends that knew how to, knew how to build computers. So he was saying, yeah, that's why Facebook is so good, because you can go online and find people that are, have the same interest, and you can, uh, you can have community with them. And he, he kind of got a little too, too caught up with being online and almost like you, you, your life is going to be online. And then this other guy came back and said, well, the social media should get, should get people connected, but eventually you should get out of the Internet and be able to live an actual life with, with, with humans. And that's where I think with people, there's a disconnect. People get so caught up with online. And, and the one thing he brought up is when, you, when you're online, you don't, you don't deal with people like you do in real life. So you can unfriend them and not talk to them, but in real life, like your neighbors are always there. You're, you come to church, you deal with people, they're, they're here. Like you, Obviously, you want to come to church, you have to deal with problems, you deal with people that maybe disagree. And that's where, where online, and the, the community, the online community that they, they, they want, is, it, it may be dangerous. So church, church community is what we need. Church community is what, what's going to help us. So like I said, as the media pushes people apart, you know, now they're labeling people terrorists. If you don't agree with them, if you don't fall in line with everything they say, oh, you're a terrorist, you're dangerous. So in that, that way, we know eventually it's going to come to us. Eventually they're going to say, you know what, Christians, they disagree on this, they're, they're wrong on that, so they're terrorists. And whatever, we, we, know, that, we know the truth. We, we read the book of Revelation. We know what the end is. And uh, we read it in turn over to 1 Kings chapter 19. We read it this morning. So they want to push us to, you know what, ostracize, you know, those people need to be away from us. We can't let them poison everybody else with, with their beliefs. We can't let them um, influence their children. We see that now that that's, that's their excuse. They say, oh, they're, they're going to raise these kids to be little terrorists because of what they teach, which is, is wicked. If you look at any, any, kids, any kids here, compare them to any other kids, it's like they're good, they behave, they have fun, they like coming to church. Like we know we're, we're here about for the preaching, we're here for the truth. And we also have fun. Like in between services, we'll, we'll go have fun with the kids, and it's, uh, it's, it's a fun thing. In verse number 14, we read it. It said, I said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, am the only left. They seek my life, and they take it away. And in verse 18, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, and all their knees which have not bowed their knee to Baal, and every mouth which had not kissed him. So we can be encouraged to know there are other people. That's why it's important to go to church. Because if you want to be out, be alone, like I said, be out on the Internet, it can be discouraging sometimes. But when you come to church, be with physical people that you can have physical community, physical relationship with, that you can, you can understand and help each other out and listen to everybody's likes and dislikes and, and, and learn from each other, it's a lot better than, than being online. In Acts 18, verse 9 and 10, it says that, then spake the Lord to Paul in the light and the vision. Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. So I don't know if maybe God remembered what, what happened to Elijah, how he was discouraged, and he just told Paul right away, you know what, there are more people. You are not alone. So as the, as the media, as society tries to just divide people and ostracize Christians, right now they're going after Trump supporters and just saying they're all terrorists, and eventually it's going to come to us. We know that that's usually how it goes. It starts with one group, and it just keeps going. So we can't waste our time with any of that. The next point is don't waste your time with people who don't want to listen. Because we, we want to serve. Like we want to serve, and eventually it's going to happen. right? You, you have family, you have friends. Maybe you feel like you're wasting your time sometimes, but that, that's part of it. 
part of serving or trying to help people out, eventually people are going to take advantage of you. People are going to treat you wrong, and that, that's just part of it. Even Jesus had Judas, right? And he knew that was going to happen. And he was our example, and he said that we were going to get, we are going to get abused, and we are going to get taken advantage of. But there, there comes a time, and it's, it's all just kind of based on judgment. You know when, if you're wasting too much time with somebody. And that's, like I said, it's a parallel too with soul winning. Like you know that when you're out soul winning and you, you want to you wanna talk to people, you want to get people saved, and then you get that one person, and maybe they're just trying to drag you down, they're just asking you kind of weird questions, and you have to make that call, you know, is this guy really listening to me? Because there are people that ask you questions, and you answer them, and you can tell they're listening and kind of going back and forth, and you're actually ministering to them. But there's people that are they're just... Uh, they're just trolling. They're not really out to get any kind of benefit. So in the same way in ministering and trying to help people out, you have to make that call. You know, are you really trying to help this person? Like, are, is it really beneficial? You can, and um, at, at the end of the day, you're doing God's work. Like, you're, it's not for your own benefit. At least it shouldn't be. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be out trying to get people to, you, I'm going to help you so you can help me back. It should be, I'm just going to help you because I want to help you. And if they can help you back, if you can go back and forth, it's good. But our motive should just be, you know what, I want to be a blessing. I want to minister to people. So don't be, uh, some people just, it just may be that they're a, a respecter of persons. There are people that only listen to certain people. Whether you can try and you can beat your head against the wall as much as you can try to convince somebody, but they're not going to do it unless this other person tells them. And you may just have to accept, you know what, they're not going to listen to me. They're just, they're going to have to listen to somebody else. So we have to, we have to keep going. Like I said, when you go sowing and you only have a certain amount of time, same thing here on earth. You only have a certain amount of time in your life. And just even within, within whatever age range you are, like when you're a teenager, like you have some influence over other people that maybe somebody in their 20s, 30s doesn't. So you only have a certain amount of time to, with influence, with it being able to talk to certain people. So you should take advantage of that while you can and not waste your time with people that, that don't want to listen. Another thing, too, is uh, when you're busy serving, like busy looking out for opportunities, like you want to be a blessing, it's going to help you to not get caught up in false doctrine. Here in Acts 20, it talks about grievous wolves coming in, with, uh, trying, to, trying to draw people to themselves. But we have to keep busy in service. You won't get caught up because your focus isn't on just vein jangling because we hear all these theories and people come up with, oh, look at this, look at that. And in the church, too, it'll help you with just to stay grounded. Like we, we hear, like we kind of bounce ideas about certain stuff. And if somebody brings in some kind of weird looking thing, we'll kind of, like, we take care of it. It's not like, oh, we're just all going to just get caught up in some alien theory. See the Nephilim, somebody tries to bring in the Nephilim. We, we already know about that. And that's where, that's where church is important. Because you can go online and you can find somebody that believes exactly what you believe, whatever crazy doctrine or false doctrine, weird, aliens. You can go and find some kind of community where you can all, it's like an echo chamber. But when you come to a church with actual people, people that read the Bible, people that study the Bible, that are in a good church with grounded in truth, it, it'll take care of that. It's another reason why it's, it's good to come here. And part of the two of being, being a minister, like having that, that heart to meet other people and talk to them, because there may be someone in a church that believes that, but if nobody ever talks to them, they're just here coming in every day and like nobody's really correcting them or they're not talking with anybody. Or even you, like if you're confused about something, if you don't talk to anybody, you don't you don't talk about it, you don't ask for help, then you're going to just keep going down the road. So ministering to people in the church is, is the way to do it. So when you go soul winning, same thing. Like you don't you don't get caught up bang jangling with with people like that don't want to hear you with with whatever, and it's it's important. Now in Acts chapter twenty verse thirty five, let's read that again. It says, I have showed you. All things, how that you should labor, you ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, 
how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So in 2021, what I want to encourage you more is to, is to look for opportunities to serve. You know that society's lacking is almost like damage control. We saw how much damage 2020 did to people's lives and their relationships. So we should have that in our minds. You know what? I want to, people are scared. People are scared of COVID. People are scared to go to church. They think they're going to get sick if they come to church. And the more we gather together, like we, we you know what? It, it, it's safe. Like you're not going to get sick because you come here. Like we have, we've been here this whole time and we have people here and like it's, it's a risk that you're going to get sick. Life is a risk. And we, we want to be able to, to take advantage of that. The people that are out there that may want to step out and, and come to church, even though the world has gone mad, like we see it every day, we hear people with what they say, at least we can come to church and, and stay sane, right? We can all help each other and, and um, not get out of control. Because there was a study showing how people that didn't come to church were kind of losing their minds, but us that were coming to church, we were a little more stable. We are helping each other out because of ministry. We were ministering to each other just by coming together. We obviously did more than just come to church together, but it was a it was a blessing there. So there are people out there. So if, if someone were to come in looking for looking for that out, looking for that fellowship, that community, or what are they going to find here? Like we should have an environment so they can come in and they can flourish, right? It's not just going to be where we just come in, we punch in, and we punch out, and we leave. Like we obviously don't do that, but there are places that are like that. Now these people that are out there trying to find a good church, trying to find a place to to grow, if they come here, then they can for sure they can for sure get that. So make it a goal in 2020 for to minister to somebody. That's, that's the whole goal of this sermon is to have it in your mind. You know what? I want to look for an opportunity. I want to come to church and, you know, talk to somebody or uh, get together with people. So have that be in your mind, especially your family. That's my goal is to, to, to be a better dad, be a better minister to my kids because that's, that's my immediate, immediate family, my immediate responsibility. And aside from that is church and then uh, my extended family. So I pray, you know, that this year, you would keep that in your mind. With 2020, we kind of all got separated, and everybody's everybody's dangerous, everybody's sick, everybody's got diseases. Well, we should 2020 try to bring everybody together. 2021, sorry, try to bring each other together, come to fellowship, to minister, which is what the church is for. It's not just entertainment. It's not just a show. It's it's to get together with people. And with that, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for um, everything that you've done for us this year. Thank you for um, the blessings that we had with this new building. Thank you for uh, all the new members that we have coming to church and all the different kids that, that are being able to be ministered here. I pray, Lord God, you help us to be, uh, to be, to be a good, good soul winners, good, good church members, and to have opportunities to be able to go out and to minister to people and to help each other grow here in the church. Amen.